Hi, and welcome to the Ask Sue Show. Thank you very much to everybody who is joining us tonight on a very special show. We have got quite a bit of a, oh, it's going to be amazing. I know there's going to be upset over stories that are being brought forward. Happiness for justice is actually going to be found, but also the fact that we're bringing the awareness forward. The whole point of the Ask Sue Show is literally to be, bring the media part of the attention in. But tonight, I want, to, I want to bring even more people in. The Ask Sue Show, as I've said on many times, is not about ego. It's not about anything. It's about bringing people together and bringing the awareness. I've got a very special guest on tonight who is also bringing that awareness, but in the form of a blog. And I'd like to welcome to the show Davey Vara. Hi, Davey. How are you doing? Hi, Sue. Thank you, and uh, thank you for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Now, before we start the show, um, obviously there'll be a few rants from the pair of us, I'm sure. But um, just tell everybody who you are and what you're all about, and obviously about your blog. Yeah, well, I'm a community activist in uh, Rochester, New York, which is upstate New York, uh, about seven hours from New York City. And um, I've been active in issues exposing police misconduct and corruption uh, for quite a long time, about 17 years and uh, lately, more and more of my work, which is not just the, the blog is one of the vehicles I use to get my work out there, but um, also I've been, uh, you know, active in the community, and I've uh, made two films about the RPD, which is the Rochester Police Department, and their long history of uh, misconduct, corruption, which includes uh, not only violating citizens' rights, but also very questionable cases where they have killed uh, innocent, unarmed individuals, and then lately what's been happening more and more of, which is very disturbing, is the police, not only the Rochester Police Department, but other departments uh, nearby and surrounding towns um, have basically taken, uh, are basically at war uh, with our animals, with our pets, and they're killing innocent uh, pets, uh, they're executing innocent dogs, and there's been more and more of that happening, obviously not only throughout the country and even some parts uh, abroad, but especially here in the Rochester, New York area. And now I must admit, um, obviously you've touched on the idea on to the idea with me um, before that we've said about um, the fact that the police are doing this to people. Obviously the show tonight is about dogs, but I do want to say to everybody, I will be talking to Davey after the show tonight because I also want to follow up this um, because it doesn't matter if it's an animal or it's a person. Totally wrong on both accounts. Um, so um, hopefully, Dave, we'll, we'll sort something out and obviously you can expose, obviously, the people that have had the same treatment as the, these dogs have. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, Like I said, I mean, you know, for years, my work has pretty much consisted of being a voice for those who have either been abused by the police uh, or, unfortunately, some who have been killed by the police and their family members, you know, uh, are left with uh, uh, a search for answers. Uh, their loved ones have been unarmed in many cases, uh, not holding any weapons, and, and they've still been killed by the police. But like I said, uh, I think uh, there's a lot of people who appreciate and love animals. Many people feel that animals themselves are a part of your family. I know that I, I have owned dogs and Sometimes 
sometimes a, a you know your family dog is happier to see you when you come home than than your own family members sometimes you know and, and they are part <laughs> of a family <laughs> yeah and they are part of a family and 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 unfortunately because the law um uh, at least here in the United States the law looks at a dog as property and doesn't obviously consider it as they consider uh, a human being obviously i mean it, it is an animal but i don't take i don't think the police uh or the government the officials the courts they don't take into account that it's much more than a piece of property it's much more than an animal with four legs uh dogs like the saying goes uh there's a reason why they call a man's best friend um and and it's it's disturbing because uh the police are showing that they are above the law that they don't care that because they have a gun not only um do they sometimes want to shoot many times they don't have to shoot necessarily they don't have to use uh what's called lethal force or deadly force there's other ways sometimes and i don't think they think of that i think their first reaction is shoot to kill, and it's resulting in a lot, a lot of dogs, uh, like I said, throughout the country. Um, just since since this past June, here in Rochester, so within the last six, seven months, there have been three innocent dogs uh, that have been killed here in Rochester, in the Rochester area. Two of them have been killed right on the on the, on, on the family's property right at their homes, right in the homes where they play, where they play with the family, where they play with the children, where they live. Police officers have come to these homes, and they have shot these dogs dead. And in the, yeah. in the last case, it was an innocent dog who, by accident, which everybody that has dogs can relate to this, dogs get out, cats get out. The dog unfortunately got out of the house. The owner was crazy looking everywhere for the dog. And finally, uh, he finds out that his best friend, who he's been looking for and putting ads and doing everything he can do, was executed by a Rochester police officer. So it, it is very disturbing, and it's it's happening more and more. And and the thing is, we obviously we had, um, and I appreciate the obviously you've I know you've heard some of the Jim Crosby show from last week, and and he was right, you know. The police do all these investigations, you know, obviously, to get people, and I'm going to just use an example like a person that's got drugs in their house, maybe they're a dealer or whatever. Now, and like I said on the show, these people are not going to be having, for instance, a cute little chihuahua guarding their door. They're going to have a dog with force that's going to have an attitude problem. It's not going to be... Jimmy, now that's not saying all the time, but um, they're going to have a bigger dog, okay? Now the thing is, if they've done all of this um, different investigations on this person, surely to goodness, one, they would probably know that this person's got a dog and it wouldn't need um, a professor to see that there was, um, you know, you could see that there was traits of a dog living there. And secondly, surely to goodness, if um, in like America, if it's like the UK, a lot of us have got dogs. So let's say probably three quarters of the people they knock on the door or charge the door, there is going to be a dog behind it. Exactly. Absolutely. 
I mean, I, I, I think mean, that, that's, I think... that's just when they go in the house, that is, isn't it? It's, I'm not talking about when right. they're outside, I'm talking about when they're in the house. And, and, and the one, the, the thing that really got, there's two stories that got to me the most, okay? I'm not saying the rest of them didn't, they did, all of them have. But two that really got to me. One was the one where they shot a 15-year-old German shepherd in the back garden. I'm not talking about a three-year-old, very high-rate German shepherd. I'm talking a 15-year-old one. And the right. second one was when they shot a dog in a cage in the house. Yep. What in hell's name is going on? Now, I, I always just think to myself, right, that I you know the one thing that everybody will tell you, Davey, is I always sit in the garden fence and I try to look at both sides, okay? We understand that police have got to do their job, of course. But the thing is, it's like Jim Crosby was saying, there is no training for the police as how these dogs are going to react, okay? So let's just take it straight out for a minute and say these police have had no training whatsoever. There's um, a policeman, I'm just going to make up a policeman, it's not anybody I know, but let's just say we'll make up a policeman. This policeman has not had no training. He doesn't really like dogs very much. He's got bitten when he was younger, and he's walking into a house where there is a big dog that's coming at him, and he's not sure because he's had no training of what he's supposed to do. He doesn't know if the dog's going to bite him. He doesn't know if he's going to jump up and lick him to death. What's he going to do? But the thing is, I'm not saying that he could, should go and shoot it because he doesn't know. I'm saying that these police have got to have some sort of training to stop this from happening. Absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest things is that if there is no training, in other words, if there is no protocol, no policy that, that you know, uh, that is implemented as they join the force, these officers, pretty much it's left on, it's left up to um, the individual officer themselves. And that's a dangerous mix because we all know we have officers out here who are racist. We have officers on the street who are prejudiced. We have officers on the streets who literally shouldn't be on the job. There is a lot of uh, uh, police officers who make it on the force who do not pass the mental health evaluations or they actually, many cases, don't even get the mental health evaluation. There are a lot of cops, and we've all read about them, whether they've killed people, whether they've stolen money. There is a lot of police officers who, first of all, should never have become police officers, should have never been accepted on any police force. Now you combine these individuals, which already have these tendencies, which already have issues, which, again, should not be trusted with a weapon, should not be trusted with to serve in, in, in a community. Now you have these individuals going and interacting, like you said, in situations that there's going to be dogs. I mean, there's another yeah. disturbing uh, video, uh, which actually you told me about, Susan, when we spoke earlier, uh, in Colorado, of an animal control officer who already had a um, a dog in the in the in the noose, basically, which is you know what the animal control officers use to restrain the dogs. And even then, after the dog is already being restrained, which and this is this is important because this shows, and the videos on YouTube, this shows the problem with police officers, uh, the yep. abuse of power that we all read about, the fact that because they have a gun, they feel 
that they can use it. And the fact is that nothing will happen to them. They can get away with it. So we have an example of an animal control officer who has a dog already restrained, which, by the way, it's the equivalent. It's the same thing as a human being being handcuffed. It's the same thing as 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 an adult having handcuffs and having his hands or her hands placed behind their backs. The same thing. That person is already detained. That person cannot be a danger if they are already being restrained and detained. So yeah. we have the but same situation with a with an innocent dog who was already restrained, already yeah. had a steel cable around its neck, and the animal control officer already had complete, complete is the key word, complete control, okay? And even then, completely unnecessary, the police officer reaches around the back with his gun drawn and shoots this innocent dog several times, killing him instantly. And it was all caught on video. That's just one case. There's a lot of cases. And that is yep. the problem right there. That shows yep. that it's not self-defense because always the police like to put this spin on things. Well, I was being attacked. Well, the dog was aggressive. Absolutely yeah, but, not true. Most of the time the police shoot because they want to shoot. They kill because yeah. they want to kill, not because they exactly. have But, you know, David, the part before that story is that apparently I spoke to Jim Crosby, who's actually dealing with this as well, and he said that before the dog was actually put on this dog pole, the dog was in a garage safe. All they needed yep. to really do was shut the garage door down and leave the dog in there and do what they've got to do. Absolutely. And again, and that that's the before. example I said earlier. And, and, and the, the dog was on his property. So, so let, let's look at this another way as well. We've got conflicting interests here because we've got an animal control officer who is trained, who knows what they're doing. They've got the tools to control the dog. They have got the dog under control. And then a policeman reaches around this person. I, I can't remember if it's a lady or a man reaches around this control off this um animal control officer and shoots the dog. Now ultimately there is so many rules broken. Let's just say for instance that that dog all of a sudden had just turned to run and pulled that animal control officer forward, that policeman could actually have shot the animal control officer. Absolutely. Great great point. You know, Absolutely. Uh, uh, yep. I like to sit in the garden fence, and I just think he just put so many things wrong, not just the fact that he shot the dog. He put other people's lives at risk as well, and I'm not knocking that he's shot the dog. Please, I'm, you know, this is just mad. But I'm saying the fact is he shouldn't have even uh, to reach round somebody to shoot a dog that's under control. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that case, actually, that case, it's funny, it's interesting you say that, Susan. That case that you just mentioned, okay, of a police officer um, that could have shot animal control, that happened. That happened not that long ago. Um, It happened in Memphis, Tennessee, okay? And actually, I believe it happened in November of 2012, so just last month, a couple months ago, two months ago. And what happened was uh, it was uh, a situation where the police in Memphis had come to a home and there was a dog and they claimed, which they always say, that the dog was aggressive and the dog attacked them. 
So when the police officer went to shoot at the dog, he shot his own partner. He shot another police officer because he was so quick to kill this dog that he didn't realize that right in front of him was a fellow police officer, and he shot him. Mm. So it shows you the situations, you know. But if I yeah. if I can real quick, if I can, I'd, I'd like to talk. Uh, I'd like to uh, say the the example because we're talking about animal control here. Many times yeah, the police, the many thank you. Many times the police do something which is basically overpowering and overpowering not only physically but also the authority of you said it perfect, Sue, of someone who is actually trained, somebody whose job it is to control the animals. The, the word animal control, it's there for a reason. It means to control an animal. And these people are professionals. These people are trained to uh, uh, restrain and to get animals. Uh, that's where the word control comes in. So in the case of Cody, which is uh, the, the latest incident, unfortunately, here in Rochester, New York, uh, on January 8th, Tuesday morning, January 8th, uh, Cody, who had uh, got out of the house the previous day on Monday, and his owner was looking everywhere. The, the man hardly had any sleep, looking for his dog, putting ads, searching the streets, searching the golf course, looking by the beach, by the street, by the lake, and he couldn't find him. And what happened is this dog uh, was obviously loose. He was lost. He was wandering. He couldn't find his way back home to his owner. And two Rochester police departments, Officer Chris Bergstrom and Officer Marone, they responded to a call about a loose dog. Um, and looking for the dog, Officer Bergstrom, driving his police car, hits the dog. So he hits Cody. Cody's scared. Cody runs off. They spent almost an hour hunting this dog down, this innocent dog that was scared for his life that had just been hit by a car. So they chased the dog onto a pier where the water is, where the lake is, Lake Ontario here in Rochester, and what happened next is that the animal control officer finally got there. He wasn't there first, but he did get on the scene, okay? And even in the Rochester Police Department report, it says that the animal control officer was there. At that point, again, the person who is trained to control this animal should have been allowed to see his, to do his job, okay? But what happens Officer Chris Bergstrom from the from the West Side Platoon, Second Platoon of the Rochester New York Police Office uh, Department, he grabs his shotgun, and I think this is important because police officers carry a gun on their waist, on their belt. However, it's interesting that Officer Bergstrom did not use his gun on his belt. He grabbed his shotgun from his car before he got out of his car, and he hunted down this scared dog who was only 53 pounds. And people that know dogs know that that's basically a medium-sized dog, not a large dog, 53 pounds, scared, injured, had already been hit by the police car, and the dog was basically, you know, in the water, half in the water, near the water, near the pier, near the sand. And Officer Bergstrom shoots the dog from behind. And those people that are familiar with the case or can Google it, uh, you know, can search it on the Internet, Cody, Rochester, New York, execute it, they will see the photos. The photos are very, very graphic. I want to warn people now, 
because they're very, very disturbing to see. But the reason I put them out there is because uh, Stephen uh, Jordan, the owner, Stephen uh, Jordan Venus, the owner of Cody, made sure to tell me he wanted people to see what the police are doing to animals out here, to his best friend, to his beloved dog, who he loved. It's sad. Cody ran to the water because Cody was a dog who loved the outdoors, who loved the water. Stephen used to take him ice fishing. In fact, the Monday before he was killed, they had just come back from ice fishing when somebody unfortunately left the door open, and Cody, because dogs do that, cats also do that, you know, he leave the house, and he never returned, got lost, he wandered. Where did he go? He went back to water because he liked the water, and that's where he died. So the animal control officer was never allowed to do his job or didn't want to do the job, or maybe, like people are saying, the police just got tired of chasing this innocent dog, and finally they shoot him in the back of the head. Now, if you shoot a person or an innocent animal in the back of the head, there is no way that that animal or that person is attacking you. If you shoot an animal or a person in the back of the head, you have shot someone or an innocent pet that is turning away from you, that is scared, that is giving their back to you. And that's exactly what they did to Cody. So it's a perfect example of an animal control officer who is trained to do his job, not doing his job. And instead, a police officer who, again, didn't have to kill, but many times they want to kill. Yeah. See, the... And I'm sorry, you know when something just comes into your head, and I've just got a perfect phrase for this, if we've got animal control officers to do their job, and we've got police to do crimes, you know, and different things, and they've got their job, I think if I was an animal control officer, I'd be saying to the police, why have a dog and bark yourself? Absolutely. Why the hell are we training up animal control officers Right, if the police are going to do themselves. And exactly. am, am I right in saying that, you know, there's enough crime for the police to be doing rather than me chasing a dog round for an hour? Are you telling me? Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting be- you say that. Nothing they spent better to two, do than to hour, chase a dog round for an hour. They spent two police officers, not one, two. And people that know Rochester, you know, listeners that, that know New York State and know Rochester and have heard of Rochester and many people from Rochester that are listening, they know that there are better, more important, more serious issues to be handled in this city than to have two, not one, two police officers and an animal control officer chasing and hunting down an innocent, frightened, scared, injured animal. For an hour, they chased this poor dog for an hour. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a person feeling being chased, being hit by a police car, and then being chased for an hour? These police officers spent the taxpayer money—that is their salary, okay—that the taxpayers pay for a, a complete hour chasing, yeah. hunting, and killing this dog. Yeah, but do you know what, though, Davey? I'm not being funny, <laughs> and everybody will laugh at this, but I'm a big girl. I'm not being funny. If you hit me with a car and you'd been chasing after me and I'd been running around for an hour, I can honestly say I'd be pissed. 
Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. So even, right. let's just be frank, even if after an hour they got that dog trapped or whatever, even if that right. dog had attacked them, let's be frank, it would have been justified because you've just hit it with a car, it's hurting, you've, it, it's exhausted, and it doesn't know what the hell is going on, and it's scared. No, I, I, I agree with that, but here's, here's the only thing, the only issue with that, Sue. The only issue with that is absolutely, at the end of the day, even though even though it's a beautiful animal, a best friend, it still is an animal, it's still going to have animal instincts, like they say, uh, yep. you know, it's going to want, you know, to defend itself. That is absolutely, like you said, justified. I understand an animal, even if he barks, if he is scared, he can be a little aggressive. I understand that. But here's what I don't uh, agree with in this case. In this case, okay, it is clear by the photos. And, again, the photos are all over the Internet. People can look them up for themselves so they don't have to just hear me saying it. People can be their own judge and view it and form their own opinion. It does not take a rocket scientist to figure out when a person or an innocent animal is shot from behind. So if this dog was charging this officer, the wound, the bullet hole, which he shot him with a shotgun, which is bigger, it's a slug, would be in the front of the animal, in the front of the head, in the front of the chest, in the front of the stomach. It's somewhere, okay? Uh, or, or the chest, rather, not stomach. But in the back. It's in the back of his head, right behind his left ear. And then people that know because the damage that a slug does, when it goes in, it's a smaller hole. When it comes out, it's it's a lot of damage, and that's that's all I'm going to say because people can see the photo and they will see, they will see you know how bad it is. So this animal it's not even that. So we can get rid of the fact that if the dog was aggressive or if the dog charged, you know the the police here in Rochester came up with their own story, and even their own story, which is on my blog, is full of holes. It's full of contradictions. They contradict themselves several times. What happened is it's in the end of the day it's their word against anyone else's word. And the police stick together, and it's a brotherhood, and it's a blue wall, and it's a code of silence, and they prepare it. A sergeant who was not even there is the one who prepared the report. And it's basically they can write anything in there, anything. The dog is gone. So they can say anything they want, anything at all that they can imagine, they can write on that report. And that's it. Exactly. And not, exactly. And that's it. You know. Right now, I'm going to go to the phone lines. I've got to be. I'm going to be honest. I've not even checked who they are. So, area code five eight five. Hi, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Hello. 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 Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. Oh, okay, great. Uh, yes, my name is Eddie Cintron from Rochester, New York. Okay, hi, welcome to the show. Hello, uh, this, my name is Eddie Cintron. Yes, I can hear you. Carry on. Okay, and uh, I, 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 I do agree with what uh, David just said, and, of course, your comment uh, that you made in reference to uh, why are we paying... Uh, these uh, animal control officers, if they're not doing their job, if the police is not doing, uh, allowing them to do their job, 
why is it that we have them? You know, it's, it's, uh, that, that's the point. And obviously, let me make another clarification because I just caught what uh, Davey said. Um, I never met Davey, but we are, you know, in my realm, I'm, I'm trying to work with getting police training, which is much needed, not only in Rochester, but around the country, the way they're killing innocent pets. And the, the loophole here is if an officer feels threatened, that's all they have to say in order for them to be justified. Now, this dog, Cody, that, we're, uh, that you were talking about, this dog, Cody, obviously, as Davey said, he enjoyed water, but that officer knew there was no way out of the pier. And for an officer to take out his shotgun and then risk human lives on the pier, okay, exactly. that, goes, that goes without saying, meaning... Uh, that there was no people on their pier because he's not going to shoot a gun if there are people on the pier because that would be a Absolutely. greater risk in killing a human life. So obviously they, they lied about that. And this dog, uh, a year and a half, is still in puppy stage. I have the same similar breed, and they get frightened. So this dog obviously was frightened, uh, and they spent all this time where animal control could have done the job. Now, here's another thing. Here in Rochester, New York, the utility company, RG&E, trains all their meter readers, and they do have a tool. It's what you call it's a, a, a bicycle with, with a tennis ball at the end of it. None of them, there is no report ever that there's an incident with one of these meter readers because they know how to uh, handle an unfamiliar dog. And this is what we're exactly. talking about. Uh, police officers, they get trained in every aspect for that career, except one, how to handle an unfamiliar dog. And this is what we're trying yeah. to tell legislators. And I'm tr- I got one on board that committed uh, trying to take this to Albany, okay, because he likes it and he wants to get it throughout the state of New York. So this well, is what we're facing, officers that are not trained to deal. I mean, when, usually when anybody gets a job, they get trained, you know. Yeah. Officers don't yep. get, they do not get trained to handle an unfamiliar dog. And on the most part, dogs are frightened. You know, that's the, yeah. that's the most common one, that they're just, just frightened, but it's not uh, a real great threat. But I don't know if you heard last week's show, but we actually had Jim Crosby on, and he actually does um, assessments on dogs, and he will see, you know, ones that have actually bitten people, whatever, and he will go into places, and he will do, like, assessments on them, see what the triggers are, and then he will advise if this dog is a danger or if it's got triggers that will sense, you know, trigger them off or whatever. He is actually putting together at the moment a course to put two police that will be approximately four, six hours long to actually train people, train police, and actually show them triggers and show them how to handle dogs and put forward ideas to stop this from happening. This is what he's actually in the process of doing. He is an ex-police officer, so he knows all the sides of the story. He knows, you know, what it's like to actually be whether a dog comes up to you, but he also knows the trigger issues of when a dog's coming at you to do some damage or if a dog's coming up to you because he's wondering what the heck you're doing in his house. 
Well, it's funny. Exactly. Uh, it, it, it's interesting, uh, Sue, because I, I just want to say something. I did speak to Mr. Crosby, and he's very, very knowledgeable. But what I wanted to say real quick is um, is with Eddie, just like you said, I've never met Eddie. And actually, the first time I met him was through an incident that happened in June, which was um, with uh, Diablo, who was a, a pit bull here that was killed by the Monroe County Sheriff's Department. And uh, I want to say, you know, everybody has their own talent, and everybody does their their uh you know what they can to contribute and to help but eddie's done a lot of good work with petitions which with getting uh you know with meeting with law enforcement and uh so i just want to kind of give him a little bit of uh of uh you know props like we say on that because he's done a lot of good work behind the scenes excellent uh with law enforcement and eddie said the same thing the other day to me i think on, on facebook he said basically it's um it's this thing where the police you know, many times they don't know how to interpret, uh, you know, these signs. And I know for a fact, of course, there probably are occasions that the police have to, um, you know what I mean, they confront a, a real animal that's really, really a threat. I'm not saying that never happens. But more and more we are seeing cases that could have been handled a different way. And, and and the animal did not have to die, and the police did not have to shoot. But again, there's this mentality that they shoot because they want to shoot, not because they have to. Exactly. Um, Eddie, by all means, if you've got petitions that need signing or, or anything, please add me on Facebook, and we'll by all means share the petitions everywhere. That's not a problem. Oh yes, we have one for our, uh, our going. I'm going to wrap up on it because we have to get it to uh, our these uh, senators. It's going to have to be sponsored, but he he is outspoken. He already gave me a commitment, and that's what we need: commitment for see see people that can make a difference. Now, what disturbs me what disturbs me is when an agency says, like the RPD, that they regard lives and property, and here we have a dog which is both, because it's life, animal life. We have a lot of uh, animal abuse laws in the state of New York. Uh, And he's property because the state considers pets property. So, I mean, what a contradiction if this is your code of ethics for your agency. You know, I mean, if, if it's to regard life and property, you haven't done this in this particular situation. And knowing that the dog was lost. So it, it obviously uh, belongs uh, to, to somebody. But un, un, until, you know, we, we can get this rectified that every dog that approaches is a dangerous dog, we have other people in, in the same professions. I, I mentioned our G&E because I did not know they had this training. And I actually saw with my own eyes when two dogs approached a meter reader. So he was being approached by two unfamiliar dogs, and I just wanted to see how they trained him, and obviously the first thing he did was he, he froze, stood still. The two dogs, they just ran in the opposite direction, you see. So obviously, you know, some uh, there, there might be a case that's intensified, but you, the human, should be the one controlling the situation as far as not allowing the dog to make the decision, but you, you have to know how to be able to retreat as well. What, what is the appropriate action for that particular uh, incident? And when you read these dog signs, on the most part, dogs, they do get scared, too. 
And a bark is a bark. It's all dogs bark. So, you know, to to try to identify that with a, aggression, and obviously uh, aggression is not a breed, but aggression is a state of mind that you can modify, you can work with, and, and bring uh, rehabilitation to dogs that do have them. But as far as uh, officers, they actually need the training. Yeah, uh, and definitely. Then they, they, have to, they actually need the training. Everybody gets trained when they, they, they begin a new job, and officers, apparently because they're trained to uh, remove the threat, and that's why they use the word threat. I felt threatened. And then they can take uh, uh, lethal action. Yeah. Now, the, the funny part is, and this is where I keep going back to reality is, if, if and let's face it, any of us would do this, if somebody knocks down my front door, it's going to frighten me to death, and you're going to get me to retaliate because you just knocked my door down, okay? And why? And we've all got dogs, and let's face it, we don't. We have them as pets, but they're also to protect our home too. Now, all of our dogs, I think, or most of our dogs, would all retaliate if there's going to be a door knocked down, or if somebody charges straight in our house, or I can honestly say for mine, if somebody goes in my back garden, my dogs are going to chase you straight back out the garden because they're protecting it. It's their garden, right, not yours. Right. Do you mean? Right. That, that's not a vicious dog. That's just a dog doing what a dog does. It, and like the saying goes, you don't have a dog and bark yourself. Right. Do you know what I mean? Now, the reason the police have got a gun, because they've got to use it in law, right, which is fine. There are certain occasions that they need to do it. But does that mean, then, if we're not happy with what they're doing and we feel under threat, are we able to do exactly the same? Uh-huh. I don't think what, so. What would we get for it? Yeah. Well, that's a double Let's standard. That's, a, that's yeah. a double standard that I... That's a double standard that I that I always uh, bring up, which is, you know, I, I exposed an RPD officer, uh, Nina Nowak, who actually was caught on video mistreating her own canine. And a, a canine for a police officer is literally like their partner because many times these dogs, actually these dogs training, uh, their job detail is to go and sniff out bombs. They go and sniff out drugs. Many times the dog is sent in before the officer, so... If, if, if anyone is dangerous, has a gun, has a knife, has any kind of weapon, the dog is usually the canine, a police officer canine dog, police department canine uh, a dog, which is an officer. They're given badges, and, uh, you know, they are the first line of defense many times that they're sent in. We've seen it on the uh, on the shows on TV, on the, uh, you know, we've seen it in the news that where they send the dog in after the suspect many times. And so, yeah. therefore, therefore, the double standard is... Imagine if you, okay, felt threatened. I've walked past a police car with my own kids, and the dog in the back of that police car, I mean, is as aggressive as any dogs that I have ever seen. You know, they may be trained, but I'll tell you what, they're not trained to be quiet because they are very loud, and they just want to tear through that, that rail, that mesh that they have in there in the police car, that security gate. So imagine for one second if any of us citizens, me, you, Susan, Eddie, would harm or shoot one of these police dogs. Imagine it's the same pretty much, especially in some states, 
as assaulting or killing a police officer. I mean, the the, the charges would be very, very uh, uh, severe. And, um, and again, it's a double standard. It's like, you know, we can kill your dogs. We can execute your dogs. We can come on your property and kill your dogs. But don't even think about putting a finger on one of our dogs. And it's it's a it's a double standard. It, it very much is a double standard, and it's a clear way of uh, you know almost of saying you know our our dog's life is worth more than your dog's life. You know, but a lot of people don't think about it. A lot of people don't stop, and that's the problem with society nowadays. I call it complacent. A lot of people, oh well, you know, we don't know the story, or oh well, I'm not going to get involved because. It's got nothing to do with me. and But guess what? That's exactly. a bad form of thinking because guess what? One day, God forbid, but one day, it can be you. One day, it can be your dog. One day, you can see police officers outside your home stepping and trampling on the Constitution of the United States by doing what they want, by disregarding the law by disregarding the oath that they swear to serve and protect and by being criminals themselves. And one day it may be your dog. Yeah. Or worse, one day it may be your loved one that they yeah. shoot and they kill. Yeah. So that mentality of, oh, well, you know, it doesn't affect me. Let me look the other way. That's very, very bad. Because it you know, you must have listened to you must have listened to my show before because I say to everybody about any subject I'm doing, and it definitely goes for the dogs. Because I've said to people, add your friends to my show. This is where I want to start sharing the awareness, okay? And Pete, you know, you'll get people that don't want to come to the event or whatever. And I say to these people, at the end of the day. How many people would you want to join my group when I do a show because your dog got shot because they came to the wrong house? They were supposed to go to next door, but they come to yours, but then they shot your dog. How many would you want to join to my group to make share the awareness, to get your story out there, and to get justice? How many? Absolutely. And they all say loads, but nobody will do it now because it's not actually affecting them yep. at the minute. Well, Susan, well, I'm sorry, I'm, and I'm sorry, and I don't know if Eddie's listening, but maybe he's he's not aware. There's some, there's a lot of interference. Maybe it's something in the background where Eddie is, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of interference coming through on the on the phone. I don't know if Eddie, I don't know if Eddie could hear me. Uh, yeah, I can hear you real clear, both of you. Okay, there's oh, there's okay. a lot of interference. I don't know if it's some background noise, and it makes it hard to uh, it's making it hard to to hear. Is it the back of you? Is it Eddie? Uh, no, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a quiet. I'm in a. Well, I think now. he's finding a quiet area. Bless him. But you know, and I've just got, I've just got to say, somebody's just said in the chat room, um, and this is a very good point, and I was just going to bring this up. There's going to be a time where people will have had enough, and they're going to start shooting back because. It, and I cannot, and I actually said this myself. I've tried to sit, I've sat here and I've thought, imagine if somebody come and shot one of my dogs. Like, I've got three dogs myself. And I think, I think I would honestly lose my marbles. Would, would I get angry? Would I be upset? Absolutely. Would I just lose it totally? But then they would arrest me because I would attack the police officer. 
But hold right. on a minute, you've just shot my dog. Something's got to change. But see, the police is very, you know, they, I, I, I really, you know, I really cannot figure out their mentality. Like, we have a police chief here in Rochester. His name is James Shepard, RPD chief, Rochester police chief James Shepard, who will do, obviously, anything and everything he can to protect the thugs with badges that he has on this force, including justifying Listen Listen to what a cruel man. Um, listen to what a cruel... Yeah, I'm not sure. We're gonna, I'm not sure, but there's a lot of interference with, with Eddie. And Eddie. Yeah, Eddie. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of noise, but I can't even hear myself. There's a lot of... Uh, I don't know if it's uh, a door a door chime, but there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of... A lot of but listen, I don't, I don't want to get off track here, but my point about RPD Chief uh, James Shepard is that he is such a cruel person. Listen to this. Um, not only does he just defend his cops, which that's not surprising because police stick together, but on top of that, uh, they denied, they refused to, to release Cody's remains to his owner. And they held Cody at the animal control office in a freezer for one whole week. And that was deliberately. That was on purpose. That was intentional. And at the end, what happened with Cody's situation, which makes it even more sad, is that Stephen Jordan rescued Cody from a very bad home. Unfortunately, you know, there's good people and there's bad people. And there's people that have dogs for the wrong reasons. There's people that have that have dogs, uh, in many cases, uh, as an extension of their of their you know, they have they need to prove they're more masculine or the the dog is does something for them that that they're missing and they're lacking in their life. So in other words, there's people that have dogs for the wrong reason. And then there's people that have dogs because they truly um, you know, want to give the dog a good home and want to make the dog a companion and, and, and share, you know, with the family. And Steven rescued this dog from a backyard where he was abandoned, where he was left out in the cold, where he had a, a chain so short that the dog, that Cody could not even reach his own bowl of food, you know, and, the, you know, the dog had worms, the dog had his ribs showing, he was dirty, he had fleas, and Stephen rescued this dog, and Stephen lives out by the water, so Stephen does things near the water, including ice fishing and, uh, uh, you know, different uh, different sports, different events, you know, a lot of space out there for the dog to run, so he gave this dog a better life and a chance at a very good life compared to where this dog lived for the first five months of his life. And the sad thing here is that not only did Rochester Police Chief James Shepard intentionally prevent Cody's remains from being released, but on top of that, he searched in the law books. Listen how cruel people can be. He searched in the law books. And he found something in the law, in the city code here in Rochester, that unless a person is the original owner of the dog, okay, the dog will not be released to that person. So there was some misunderstanding that since Eddie was not the original owner, and I'm not going to get into the details because it does get a little complicated, but the only thing I want people to realize is the taxpayers, especially here, whoever's listening from the Rochester area, who James Shepard is. 
He'll get in front of the cameras. He'll smile. But he is one of the nastiest, most cruelest persons. At a time when this young man was so distraught and out of his mind at finding out that while he is looking for his best friend everywhere, he put ads on Craigslist in the lost and found. He searched the streets day and night. Little did he know that as he was doing most of his searching, his dog was already dead with a with a shotgun slug to the back of the head, sitting in the freezer with no name at the city pound on Verona Street in Rochester, near Kodak. And then this man gets on the TV and says, we're not releasing the body. The body so that the, the dogs remain so that this man could finally have some closure and so he could have some peace that he couldn't save his dog from a trigger-happy cop, Officer Bergstrom, but at least he has his dog back and he can begin the healing process. So that's how cool the Rochester Police Department is. And it's funny because they, it's interesting because they have this campaign over the summer, Sue, they did this campaign that was called We Have Your Back. We're on the same team. And they took out billboards. They spent thousands and thousands of dollars of taxpayer money in Rochester to put up these huge billboards, mostly in the inner city where African Americans and Latinos live, because they know that they've done the African American and Latino community so wrong that they've lost that the community has lost not only trust but respect in the department. And they put these massive billboards and do this stuff about we're your friends. Please trust us. Please call us when you have a problem. Let us help you. We're the good guys. We're on your team. We have your back. And what they're doing is not only do they execute an innocent, frightened, scared, injured, cold dog, okay, by the water on a day when it was like 35 degrees outside, but then they play games with a person who has real feelings who just found out that his dog is dead and was killed by a cop who wanted to kill him, didn't have to, but wanted to. And that's the thing that people, you know, so sometimes people that know me and know that I'm passionate about my work, um, you know, it's hard for me to imagine people just not caring, people not wanting to get involved, people not realizing that we live in a society when we call the police many times, we don't know if we're calling in help or if we're calling in more problems. Because yeah. there's a mentality with a lot of people that, 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 and I believe this, that they say calling the police is actually calling another problem. And you want to know, know why I say that? Perfect example. Somebody called the police that day, Tuesday morning, around 8.20. There was a call for a report of a loose dog. No one said the dog was aggressive. No one said the dog was attacking people. No one said Cody was chasing people down. No one said Cody was foaming at the mouth or had rabies or anything like that. They just said there's a dog that's loose, and he's loose. That's it. Nothing, nothing other than that. So somebody called the police. Whoever that person is, if they're listening right now, okay, maybe they tried to do the right thing. But people need to learn. Calling the police sometimes is calling in another problem. If somebody thought that it was a problem that Cody was loose, now they realize 
that calling the police turned out to be a bigger problem because yeah. a cop that did not care about an innocent dog, a cop that did not let, did not allow an animal control officer to do his job, which he is trained to do, took it in his own hand and made a conscious decision. Again, it's important that people realize he did not take out his own gun, meaning from his hip. He removed the shotgun from his car. If this was a case of a regular person killing another person, that would be called in court premeditated, meaning there's a thought process. The person makes a conscious decision to take a firearm out of the car. He did not take Mm -hmm. it out because he just wanted to scare the dog. He took the shotgun out of his car because he wanted to erase the dog from the face of the earth. He wanted to blow that little dog away, and that's exactly what he did. Now, do you know what? Another two points to that, right? And I'm reading what's in the chat room as well. My first point to that is it's like Jim Crosby said. There's been incidents when a police officer has felt threatened. Right, okay, um, I'm not naming any dogs or anything. I'm just saying it, it, let's just put this in a situation. A police officer has shot a dog. The dog has gone down and he's injured, but he's lying still. He's not moving. He's doing no harm now. He's now in the police's eyes under control because he's shot. He's injured, but he's not doing anything. There have Absolutely. been stories that they have actually been injured, so they, that then the police could have dealt with the situation as maybe there was a criminal that needed to be taken in, there was somebody that needed to be arrested, whatever. Right, that's fine. Exactly. Sort that out, but then let somebody go and take that dog to the vets and get the situation for that dog sorted. No. Absolutely. We have police Absolutely. that actually then decide it's their right then, oh, let's not just leave him partly injured, Let's just blow his brains out and just finish him off altogether. Absolutely. Absolutely. And hey, hold on a minute. They, they've been saying that this is our property. It, it's bad enough that you've just gone and injured it, and that's bad enough, but you felt threatened. All right, we'll give you that. Let's just for a second give them the fact that they felt threatened. Yes, the dog's now lying there, and it's no, no threat no more. You have just that's shot my property, even though he was then not causing you no harm because he was lying on the ground and not doing you nothing, but you still continue to blow his head off. Absolutely, and that's exactly what they did. Again, because they can't. Not because they have to, because they can't. Now, the other thing I want to say is, and this is what worries me, and I'll talk about the UK in a minute, but what worries me is, and it's like you've said, and, and I'm sitting on the garden fence here, so because of the situation that is going with these police at the moment... We now have people saying, we're not going to call the police because we're worried about what's going to happen. Just imagine, let's just put an equation in here. We have now got where the the criminal offences are going to go up because you're not going to have anybody looking out for anybody anymore because nobody's going to report the police to the police. So if your house is getting broken into, Joe Bloggs ain't going to ring the police and tell anybody or tell them because he doesn't want the police to come, so your house is now going to get burgled. Right. So what they're, what they're doing, Sue, is it's called alienating. The police doesn't understand. They do things backwards. And I, I literally laugh at this guy because Chief Shepard, I mean, I, I, people that know me know I can't stand them. I can't stand hypocrisy. I can't stand people that are two-faced. This guy, I mean, he's a loser. 
you know, and, and I've always said that because on one hand he puts up this front, this 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 facade that he wants to engage the community. He wants the community to respect the police and to trust the police. But then then they do stuff like this. Then he behaves in the, in the manner that he behaves, supporting his officers, which he knows, you know. But the thing with the police is, you know, it, it, they stick together. So, you know, it it takes a real man to stand up in front of the cameras and say. I am the chief of this department, and I will not accept or condone any officer that feels that he or she is above the law. It takes a real man to do that, and it takes a real leader. People that know me here in Rochester know I even started a Facebook page about Chief Shepard must resign now, and I did this months ago. I've been putting pressure since he was uh, uh, sworn into office. He's not a leader. He's not a real leader. He does not belong on the force. He is a coward. And yeah. He's not a leader. People are not born leaders. It takes a special person and a special individual to really want to care about his department and to really want to lead. Hey, Susan, not to not to interrupt you, and and, and I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to tell you how to run the show. But there is a supporter because I'm on Facebook. I got there's so many people from Rochester listening in, right. and this I, is a this is a beautiful thing too. because it's my. You, Right, it's my yep. first interview. I've done a lot of interviews, but it's my first on UK. And the fact that a little innocent dog, like Steve, Stephen, told me something real quick. I want to share with you. Right, Davey, Stephen, Cody's dog just said, keep, "I'm sorry." Sorry, Davey, just keep talking a minute. I'm just going to check the phone lines out, and I'll come back yeah, to you. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you. There's a there's a woman who is a supporter, very uh, strong supporter, very good person. Um, and she is calling from a five eight five from a three three nine number. If you see yep, that number okay. on your on your screen, uh, what I was going to say is that Stephen told me, baby, I can't I can't thank you enough. I can't believe that my Cody, my best friend, people are talking about him everywhere. And I told Stephen, I said, I promise you, buddy, that Cody's gone, and this cop killed your dog for no reason at all, other than he wanted to. But I, when I told him, I said, we are going to be live on in UK. In the United Kingdom, he was almost in tears. He could not believe it that T- Cody's listen, story has gone so far. Get him to call in. I'm going to check this Absolutely. phone line. Absolutely. I, I did. Talk- the thing is, he was working. I told him about the show. Um, but Erica, Erica's on the phone now, and she's she's great. Yep. She's uh, yeah, she's a very very good supporter, and she is she is uh, very very upset about what happened. Well, you keep talking for one second. I'll just check the phone lines out, and I'll be back to you in one minute. You keep talking. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yep. It's like I said, you know, and, and everybody that's listening, I wanna, I wanna thank everybody for, um, you know, for tuning in, for, uh, for going on on the link, and uh, more and more people just need to be involved in this. Um, like I always say, you know, I told Stephen, Cody's gone, but. Hopefully, in some way, shape, or form, um, I, with the help of everybody, I can't do it alone, can keep, you know, Cody's name. And uh, I got some plans, um, something I'm starting called Justice for Cody, which is literally not to forget, um, you know, not to have his death be in vain and not to have uh, uh, this just go away like the police. The police just wanted to go away, um, which is the first reason why Chief Shepard didn't want to release uh, Cody's remains because he knew he knew that the dog was basically executed from the back, shot from the back, shot in the back of the head, and obviously you know he didn't want that and you know he he knew what I was gonna do as far as exposing uh, this injustice and um, 
But I just want to thank everyone else for uh, everyone that's tuned in, everybody that's that's called in. Um, we got to keep Cody and and everyone that's listening. That you know, I understand the police can be intimidating. Um, a lot of people say, "Davey, I don't know how you do what you do because you know, aren't you scared? Aren't you in fear?" I mean, if you're gonna live in fear, then that's no life, first of all. And if you're gonna basically give control to the police to do whatever they want to do and get away with it, which is what they do. They are the biggest gang that there is. And so everyone in the community, everyone listening, not just in Rochester, but everywhere, um, even in other countries, they people need to um, stand up. You, you need to stand up and not be afraid to stand up for what is right and to stand up against an injustice, especially when an injustice is committed against um, uh, an innocent dog like Cody. You know what I mean? Um, which again, the police is 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 out of control completely. I mean, they are to the point that they're literally just killing people's animals and people's pets. So people need to need to stand up and um, and not be afraid. Hello. Hello. Uh, are you still there? I'm no, sorry. I think we may have lost. Um, hold on a minute. Everything's gone a bit mad. We've lost Davy somewhere. Davy, you were there? How very random. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi, I can hear you. It's okay. Eddie, I can hear you. Yeah. It's just we've lost um, Davy somewhere. I think so, he's got so. a runner on me. Hold on one second. Let me bring him back. Oh, hold on a minute. He's here. Hold on. Yep. Davey, you there? I don't know what happened. Everything just went silent. <laughs> <laughs> See, you can't even hey, talk like me, can you? I leave you for two minutes and look what happens. <laughs> yeah. That's technology, you know? <laughs> technology technology right. is not perfect, I guess. No, it isn't. It, we'll try our best, honestly. Right. Absolutely. We've got, Ed, we've got Eddie back on the line. Eddie, you've got something just to finish off with because we've got oh, yeah, I, I think, three I, more I, callers. Yeah, to I, I just want to uh, 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 emphasize what David just said because the thing is, if nothing is done now, you're going to see more of this because apparently all they yes. say, again, just to stress this, is that I felt threatened, and that's their loophole. Their, that's their justification for using their weapon on a dog. And it, it seems to me the majority of the shootings, it just so happens that it, it, it's uh, a pit bull breed, as it was in, in, in Cody's case and everything. And, you know, the importance, it, it goes all the way to Washington. For those of you that don't know, we have co Congress members that take their personal dogs to Washington during their congressional meetings. That's the importance of a canine in, in people's lives, even our Congress people. And, you know, the, our Constitution protects our property. And, you know, the pets are considered property by the state and, and the Constitution and everything. So, you know, they have just as much rights. And uh, a couple months ago there was a, a session, uh, a, a meeting on animal abuse uh, in New York State. New York City already started an animal abuse database. 
And that that is an excellent idea for individuals that are causing harm to innocent animals. But apparently you probably would have to involve some officers as well uh, if uh, when they have a record of, of, of doing this. Um, so, you know, the importance of, you know, protecting people's rights, their property, which includes uh, the pets and everything, is we don't want to have to lose those rights. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Davey, you still like? Can you hear okay still? Yeah, I'm on. I'm good. I'm oh, that's good. okay. I just, right I was just making sure you're still safe. <laughs> I'm across. I'm all the way across the pond, but I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> <laughs> You've got nothing to say about how loud I am. Shush, mate. <laughs> Well, Eddie, I really appreciate you calling in. I'm, we're going to be having another one of these shows, I think. I think Thursday's going to definitely be our day. I think we'll be having another follow-up show of this next Thursday as well. So, Eddie, give us another call in next week, won't you, and keep listening in. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Eddie. And please um, find me on Facebook as well. Yes, yes. Well, I'm working on something I, now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, need, I'm needing more people to stalk. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Eddie. Thank you very much for calling in to thank the show. Thank you very much, and thank, thanks to Davey. Yep, bye-bye, Eddie. Cheers. Thanks, bye. Eddie. Bye-bye. Right, we have got full phone lines, and I'm, I'm getting going to through. There's a couple of people I really want to get onto the show. So, first of all, I am going to welcome on, and this is um, some of you. I don't know if you know these people, David, but it may help. This is Kim on the line, and she helps to run the Chloe's page. Right. Hi, nice, Kim. Nice. Hi. Hi, how Hello. are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, I'm sure you've got loads to say. <laughs> well, um, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the page, but in What Happened to Chloe, it uh, sounds like you are familiar with What Happened to Chloe, but um, she, luckily we have it on video, and she was murdered by the Coma City Police Department on uh, November the 24th while her owner was on vacation in uh, California. And um, obviously, anybody who's seen the video can see that Chloe was non-aggressive, already on the catch pole, and uh, this officer just decided to lo- unload five bullets into her for no reason. Absolutely. Um, he not only murdered her in cold blood, but he did endanger the rest of the people around, and uh, there was a ricocheting bullet that hit the animal control officer's car that could have hit innocent people in addition to that. Um, so, and, and consequently, um, I don't know if you guys are aware of this because I, I haven't been able to listen to the whole show, but that officer has been charged with a Class 6 felony. Yep. Yep, I did see that. Yep. So uh, we will also be there for... People are calling it an arraignment, but I guess it's called an advisement. We have on Tuesday at 8 o'clock where that officer will be there. And I don't know exactly what's going to transpire, but we will be there. And uh, we intend to follow this thing through until he's he is uh, penalized to the full extent that we can manage. Well, Kim, we um, have Jim... We had Jim Crosby on last week, um, and I know he's been um, dealing with Chloe, isn't that right, as well? 
Jim Crosby. No, that's not familiar to me. Um, I'm I'm sure it was Chloe that he was dealing with. Um, we've got he's the guy that does the animal train the dog training and also does assessments on dogs. I think he'd come to look at um, how everything was and and sort of look how everything was set up and stuff like. Oh, okay. I, I'm not familiar but, with that but, name. Well, what I'll do, Kim, if if you um, find me on Facebook, are you on Facebook? Obviously, I'm on Facebook. I'll message you, right. and I'll send you a link. I think I've sent a link to, of all the shows to all of the groups that I've got, and Chloe's, I'm sure, is one. I think you'll find in your inbox there's a link to last last week's show. Have a listen to that, okay. because it actually um, Jim Crosby's on it as well. And I'm sure he mentioned about the Chloe story as well. And we have just been talking about Chloe's um, story as well, myself and Davey has. Right, and and we, I don't know if you're familiar, Sue, but we just had another shooting last Monday of an innocent dog in the same county. Ziggy right, Cooper. and what? Yes, we we've we've actually seen that one as well. And I've been told. I'm, I'm hoping somebody. I'm, I'm waiting for somebody else to call in. I'm not going to say who yet because we're still waiting for them to call in. Um, but apparently there has been another one. I think in the last couple of days. Yes, it was on so, Monday. Well. And Chloe okay. was a border collie. You know how people talk about, well, you know, these dogs look like they might be pitbulls, which doesn't make any sense to me at all. But Chloe, I mean, uh, Ziggy, was a 35-pound border collie blue healer mix. And she was that that Adams County officer. Um, he unloaded three bullets into her. Like I said, Kim, they don't they don't shoot because they want to shoot. They shoot. I mean, they don't shoot because they have to shoot. They shoot because they want to. And uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. I am familiar with it and um, with Chloe. And it's it's sad. It's just it's literally like I said. It's not just you know some parts. It's all over. It's everywhere. It and is it's a thing where they're just trigger happy. They wanna they wanna destroy. Anything and everything that gets in, in, in their way or, or not even gets in their way. They want to destroy anything that they want to, anything that they set their mind to. And, yeah. and, and it, it's completely out of control. But I'm I'm very sorry about about your dog. And I can imagine because I just dealt with, I know you didn't see the hear the first part of the show you said, but uh, with Cody who was just, uh, who was a lost dog. His owner looked everywhere for him and, Yep. Little did he know as he was looking yep, as he was looking everywhere and putting ads on Craigslist and literally getting up at four in the morning after getting two, three hours sleep from coming okay. home at eleven or twelve midnight and back at it again, he had no idea that Cody was dead and stiff and frozen in a in a city pound while our police chief played games with releasing Cody's remains to finally let the owner Stephen Jodine uh, uh Stephen Jodine Venus uh move on and get some closure. And that's mm-hmm. what they don't care. Our chief, Chief Shepard, got on the news and and basically uh, made a complete mockery of everything. And, and to say he added insult to injury would be an understatement. But, again, I could just yeah. imagine what you and your family are still feeling. So I, I, uh, I'm well, very sorry no, me, about that. Thank you. But let me clarify. That wasn't my dog. It was a dog that was in Adams County, which is the same county that Commerce City is in. Chloe was shot by a Commerce City police policeman who is now charged with a felony. And right. Z- Ziggy was just killed on Monday 
in Adams County. Not my dog, but I, I am one of the admins on the page on both pages, Justice for Ziggy and Justice for Chloe. And well, thank you for we're what you're doing well, thank you. I mean, I my yeah. I have two I have two dogs of my own that are my children, and I just can't even imagine what these people go through. Uh, Chloe was a therapy dog for um, Mr. Branson, and I don't know how long he'd had Chloe, but you know she was just a wonderful, wonderful dog, and he took her everywhere with him. Ziggy, um, Mr. Fisher's dog, was he'd had Ziggy since. He was, since he was um, six weeks old, he said. He was on uh, one of the radio programs here locally this morning. Since And, and uh, Ziggy was eight years old. And Ziggy was his be- well, Mr. B- Chloe was Mr. Branson's best friend, and Ziggy was Mr. Fisher's best friend. And now their best friends are gone. For why? For tr- trigger happy cops. And somebody's beat me need to be held to the fire and they we need to we need to start charging these officers for doing this i, I mean it i can't even imagine how they feel like i said my, these these dogs are my babies they're they're my four-legged children yeah absolutely yeah exactly exactly well kim um i'm sorry to i'm trying to get as many people as i can on the show and get all of their sides I want to say thank you very much for calling into the show and bringing those pages to our attention, but also to thank you as well because, you know, these, and this is what I need to just say to everybody, everybody's doing admin to pages, whether you're sharing links, whether you're helping with my show, whether you're doing um, blogs like Davey's doing, all of this is, it doesn't matter how small or how big you're doing, it is all part of a big, massive fight. And all I want to say to everybody is, um, and this is what we've got to say, is all of us are doing our thing, but we all need to be in one place. We need right. to be doing a show next week, but we need to tell everybody to come and right. join us and listen to what we want to do. Because right. today is still feeling, to me, I, I want to start getting ball into motion. What people are saying to me, you know, we need to get all in one place. We all need to be able to maybe have an hour on one certain day when we literally, everybody twitters at the same time saying about justice for our dogs and to stop this and blah, whatever. But we need to all twitter at the same time, right? Or we all need to literally change our Facebook statuses at one time. Or we need to just put posts everywhere of the same thing to make an impact. We need people to see that this is a team that we are building. We are not going to disappear. They they are right. not going to shoot us down like they do our dogs. They are not going to shoot uh, humans down like that either. And I want to get everybody in a same place. We need to start getting this voice out there because enough's enough. I I am in the UK and I've just got to say and I, I need to promote this a little bit. In America, you have, your police have guns and you, they are shooting your dogs because they say they feel threatened. Mm-hmm. How do they explain that the UK police do not have guns on our streets, yet they are doing the same job? Why do, how do the UK police go into the houses and deal with situations and not shoot our dogs? There was a case just the other week where a dog was, there was, oh, obviously it's got an attitude problem. A dog got an attitude problem. Obviously, let's face it, that 
the pup when it was when it was small and it was a pup. It was cute. It was not vicious. It obviously got con- in contact with the human who didn't look after it, didn't train it, and it started to be vicious. This dog decided that it was going to go at people. It took a chunk out of one person and decided to keep running. It got towards a park where then the police had to reevaluate the situation and they did have to get a marksman in to shoot that dog. Mm. That was a last case scenario. They used that as the last attempt. It was when it was getting near a park where there was children. Oh, yeah. So how do the American police say we feel threatened when I've got the UK police here on our streets who do not carry guns. Well, good point. a very good point. And I wanted to add one more thing, Sue. I know you have to go, but we, we do need to unite in this effort. Um, mm. the, the police that shot Ziggy, uh, the man was just distraught. I mean, he was hysterical that his best friend was laying on the pavement dead. And this police actually said to him, don't get so upset. Something like, don't get so upset. Why are you so upset? You can get another dog. He actually said that. Disgusted. Sick, sick, sick. Oh, it's horrible. And absolutely, that shows their mentality right there. That shows, in other words, there's a saying that if you listen to someone long enough or let let them trip their own self, they will reveal who they really are. And right yep. there, that's, that's. I mean, you've got to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to not to see can, that. You can, know what I mean? I, that, that's their mentality. Okay. That's, that's exactly how they are. Do you know what? I'll tell you what. I would have a perfect answer back to that. Yeah, and we can get a perfect replacement for a police officer as well. The sooner they're in the job, we'll kick their asses straight back out because there'll be a replacement for that one as well. Yeah. I wish it worked that way. Well, do you, do you know what I'm going to say to everybody? Unless we all stand together and we get a voice all together, we've got a very good blogger. I would hope to say that we've got a quite a good radio station that's willing to say what we need to say. We've got right. people that are willing to cross-post the pages, cross-post the blog, blog part of it and everything else. And we can also start getting more likes onto the dogs that have been killed, justice for all of these dogs. And we need to get more right. likes on their pages, too. So right. we need to be sharing these links. We need to be cross-posting the show. We need to be cross-posting Davey's blogger as well everywhere. And we need to start literally looking after each other. There is no time for egos of, oh, this needs to be more and this needs to be less, and I'm not going to share their page because I need to concentrate on my dog. No, united or nothing. It's never going to work all on our own. We've got to I mean, be we're together. Try, we're trying to do that. We're trying to do that on our pages. And, and um, Davey, if you would, uh, would you post that on our Justice for Chloe RIP page? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And anything you want to Thank send my way, we'll link up. I wanted to say real quick, only be, only just so other people know, but absolutely I'll do that with Chloe. Uh, you know, my blog is Davey V, so it's D-A-V-Y and then V dot, so Davey V at Blogspot. But uh, there's other ways, obviously, I'm on Facebook. And, yeah, I I thought about what you said, Sue, about everybody should change their batters. I'm actually going to do kind of like a justice for Cody thing. And uh, and absolutely, I mean, I I know, Kim, you missed this part earlier. I I believe you said that you weren't on earlier. But, you know, my work over the last 17 years, since basically since 1995, has revolved mostly around 
innocent people being gunned down, and uh, mm-hmm. many times unarmed, uh, you know, police killing uh, innocent innocent human beings. But lately, it's 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 happening that it's that even the dogs are not safe, and it's sad. So this is something that's evolving more into my work, and so I want to get into it a little bit more, obviously, and and it, it continues to be a problem, and. You know, in June, when a pit bull here was shot named Diablo in Penfield, everybody from the Rochester area will remember that. And I got involved. I told myself, I said, you know, I'm going to make so much noise with this case that the next officer that is faced in a, in a situation where they come in contact with a dog and their finger, their trigger finger is itchy and they want to blow something away, I'm going to make it so that they think twice. And it's sad because this is seven months ago, and it's happened twice. After that So it's almost like I find myself Once again saying I'm going to make as much noise As I can and hopefully It'll, it'll prevent it but it, it it Literally is out of control And it, and they've shown That they continue to just Take out our dogs, our pets And don't give You know two craps about it To say it uh, right. For lack of a better way of putting it And um, So yeah absolutely we'll link up And um I'll post something on there. We can kind of do some cross-posting, but thank you, Kim. Sure. Thank you very much. Thank you you for standing up and not being afraid. A lot of people need to do more of that. You too. Definitely. Kim, can you please join the Ask Sue Show group after the show as well? And any links I'm already on there. I'm already on there. I'm sorry. Right. Excellent. Please post the pages onto the show page. It's not a problem. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, and I did okay. post earlier when you said to post uh, the any petitions. I already posted the petition for Chloe on there, so I will post the pages Excellent. on there too. That's brilliant. Excellent. Thanks ever so much. And just to let everybody know, we will we'll be putting Davey's blog and every, all of his um, information onto the Ask Sue Show group as well. So anybody wants to uh, go and connect with Davey, and you know, obviously for us all to connect, please go on to the Ask Sue Show group. Um, so, Kim, thank you very much for calling into the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Thank, you. thank you very much. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Kim. I'm sorry, Sue, not to not to cut you off. Did, did we lose uh, Erica? Did we lose the 339? No, no she, okay. don't worry, she's on next. We've got plenty of time. It's okay. okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm on there next. Okay. I'm trying, I'm trying to juggle. I'm trying to do chat. Uh, somebody <laughs> just messaged me that I was hoping to get on the show today. But I don't know what's gone on. Something's gone on, and I'm not sure what. So I'm trying to catch up with that. So, right, hi, Erica. How are you doing? Hello. Hello. Hi, Erica. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Well, I feel I feel <laughs> I feel like I'm on a challenge. I'm trying to get everything in, and I feel like a two-hour show still isn't long enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not for this. <laughs> this is happening all Erica, over all over the country. Yeah, definitely. Erica, go on. Have you got um, something to say? Do you want to give an update? Um, I mean, I'm 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 in with uh, with Davey. I watch everything that he does, and you know, I support him as much as I can. Um, I also, obviously, I work a full time job, so I do what I can, and um, you know, we we just try to support the cause as much as possible, and it's um. It's it's disgusting to me that that these cops are getting away with with killing our animals. I mean, we're talking about we're basically talking about animals that cost us money and and time 
because I know my my animals are trained very well, and we have we have about thirteen animals in the house right now, and um, other than other than the four children that we have here too, but it's just they should not be allowed to kill basically your children. Just walk in your house and kill your children on your own property. And when I first when I first found out about this, it was like it was Diablo down the road for me. Literally, I could basically walk to Diablo's house from where I live. And just knowing that you know people move to the suburbs to be safe, that um, that it's really it's really upsetting that you know this could happen right down the road from where you are. Exactly. And this is the thing, a lot of people still, and this goes for a lot of things, it's not just about the dogs, they all think it'll never happen to you. And, and mm-hmm. the, the reality is it could happen to any of us. Oh, absolutely. I have I have a lab chow that's probably the most awesome dog that you could ever have in the world. And um, something happened with my teenagers and the police came over here and we had two police walking up our driveway, and the dog tried to go around my husband and get outside, and the police officer was standing there. There were two of them, and the one luckily told the other police officer that he um, he has dogs of his own. He's got this. Or the other one was reaching for a sidearm. So basically my dog could have been shot in my driveway that day. Good Lord. No, no dog is safe either. I mean, my dog looks like a really furry black lab, and um, it's not—it's not just pit bulls. It's every single dog breed, even even little dogs. I see, you know, justice for all over the internet, and it's like, why do they do that? It just—the only thing that I can think of is that they think of them as nothing but property. They don't think of them as your family members. They don't think of them, you know, as your children. They just think of them yeah. as par- property. That's what they're labeled as. It, the thing is, I think police will only understand how we feel if they've got dogs themselves. And I'd love to know how many of these police officers have actually shot dogs, have actually got family and put and their own dogs at home. Well, you have to understand around here, we have people that leave their dogs outside. We have people that they don't think of their dogs as family at all. They don't yeah. bring them in the house. They live outside in in, in the dog house. They freeze during the winter, and they, they dive to exhaustion during the summer. And that's just fine here because our laws state that as long as they have food and a place to you know, go into, that it's completely legal to leave a dog like that. So there's nothing that says that you have to make them a part of your family. You can just buy a dog just for the sake of, you know, protecting your home. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so real, you know, so real quick, uh, uh, Erica kind of reminded me of an important point that um, when it's not necessarily just pit bulls, and, and she's right, it's not because I mean, lately here it has been. I can't recall another breed that that has been shot. Uh, there was a dog named Chino that was shot in Gates, New York. Erica will probably remember approximately two weeks. Yeah, two to three weeks right after uh, right after Diablo. 
uh, also in June. So in June, basically, there were two dogs killed here in the Rochester, New York area. Um, and, and Gates is another town just like Fairport and Penfield where, where, where Diablo was killed. But the thing is, you know, I, I believe she's right. I mean, she is right. I believe that, um, you know, all kinds of dogs have been victims. But when it comes to something which I've dealt with over the past 17 years with my work, which is racial profiling, which is the police profiling people by, by you know, their race, by a certain look, by the way their car looks. I mean, it, it encompasses everything, but obviously racial profiling is, is because of the race. But there's other stuff that they profile. And it's almost like it's called what I like to call breed profiling because there are, Eric is right, but there are certain breeds that already have this, they're flagged already in the police departments and police officers' mind. And I have no doubt after seeing Chief Shepard's conduct, uh, which I was like, I was like, I, I was like really disgusted. But to be honest, it, it, it's more than that. I can't even describe it because you know you got a, a dog that was destroyed unnecessarily by by one of your officers, and then the way he handled it. I have no doubt that this is an officer who, not on paperwork, and I'm sure it's not possibly maybe taught at the academy, not in these words, but I have no doubt um, that the RPD and other departments around here are under some kind of order that if you see a pit bull, um, don't even try really to contain it, don't try anything else, mm -hmm. do what you have to do, get rid of it. I really, really believe that. And it comes Definitely. down to what I call the breed profiling. There's certain breeds, like pit bull terriers, that already it's already in their mind. I mean, even if they're responding to a call, it's almost like they are ready to not try any other measure to 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 save this dog, and the proof was right there. You have two officers wasting taxpayers' time for an hour on the beach, which is Lake Ontario, but it's it's basically our beach up here, and um, and an animal control officer who stood by while this coward of an officer, again Officer Chris Bergstrom from the second platoon, works west side for the RPD on J Street. Um, blew this dog away from the back, shot him in the back of the head. So it's it's disgusting. I mean, it, it truly, truly is. Yeah, yeah. Right, right Erica, I, I'm sorry to have to cut you short. I've got two more callers. I desperately need to get on the show before the end. Um, please okay. come on to the show next week as well, won't you? We're going to have the same... Uh, I, I'm saying this. I'm just booking David in, all right, but he'll be on the show as well on Thursday, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds good. Okay, okay. Thank Thanks you, for calling Thank in. You for no problem, Davey. All right. No problem. Thanks ever so much. Cheers. You're bye welcome. Bye-bye. Oh, I feel like I'm on a countdown. Right, very quickly. Yeah. Um, hold on a minute. Let me get... Oh, I'm, doing it. I'm pressing wrong buttons here. Hold on one second. Right, first of all, let's get... And I think I'm hoping... I'm crossing my fingers. This is Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Hi. Jennifer? Hi, yeah. how are you doing? Good, how are you? Oh. Can you hear me? <laughs> I, you I hear honestly me? don't know how you cope with your job, and you need to tell everybody uh. what you do and who you are quickly. We've got 25 minutes of the show left, and we're trying to get get everybody on and everything. So we've got yeah. two more callers, you and, and another lady, but we'll get you both on at the same time. So go on, yeah, carry no on. Problem. <laughs> no problem. I've just got a few minutes here, actually. Um, okay. I, my name is Jennifer Edwards. I'm from Colorado. I started a law firm called the Animal Law Center, and we do nothing but animal law. Um, 
And one of the areas that we end up doing more often than we'd like is police shooting of dogs. We currently have four active cases just in Colorado. I've been involved in a number of other cases in Colorado and nationally. And honestly, I wish it was more of the exception and not the rule, but it's far too much of an epidemic, or at least it's becoming that way. Um, And let's see, I was just uh, out of the scene for Ziggy, and just having the investigation done from the entire homicide division so uh, and the detective unit. So, you know, they seem to be taking at least that case seriously, and I think we are starting to see a little bit more seriousness in a lot, some of these cases, like Chloe, where there are felony charges handed down. But I also think that people are acting a little bit more quickly, getting legal counsel quickly, and um, the sooner I get involved in the case or, or somebody that you know knows what they're doing gets involved in the case, the better it turns out. Now, Jennifer, the one thing I really would like to ask you, I mean, there's a thousand things I want to ask you, and I will be asking you to come on the show next week as well, but what advice could you give to people? If they have actually had their dog shot, what is the procedure they need to do when this dog is shot? Um, Preservation of evidence is number one. Certainly don't allow them to take the dog's body, if at all possible, uh, you take the body, you get the dog to a place where the dog can be kept basically frozen until a thorough necropsy can be performed. And you don't want just a normal pa- veterinary pathologist performing that necropsy. You need to get somebody that's familiar with gunshot wounds, a homicide detective, a coroner, um, a medical examiner. There are forensic vets out there that also are familiar with that. They're They're a little more few and far between. But you want to try to arrange it that way. You want to put a lot of pressure on the police department. You want to file a complaint against the specific officer. A lot of times in many jurisdictions, that will actually initiate an investigation and get the preservation of evidence started. It's kind of an, a little bit of an autopilot. Um, but the preservation of evidence, I'd say, is the number one thing. When the officers are there on the scene after the dog's been shot, if your dog is still alive, obviously, you're going to be at the vet. If you have a family member, a friend, somebody that's nearby that can start taking pictures, and this reminds me of something else. If you see officers somewhere and you see something that they're doing that's suspect, you know, we all have cell phones. Get them out. Start taking videos. Start taking pictures. Hey, maybe it's something that's bad. Maybe it's something that's great. Who knows? But at least that evidence is preserved. That videographic or photographic evidence is preserved, and it'll be very, very useful in a case. But after a dog is shot, um, and if, you know, unfortunately the dog is deceased, you know, take measurements, if you can, of where the dog's body is. Take measurements of where, if you witnessed it, you saw the officer when they shot your dog. Um, Get as much of that. Demand that they do an investigation. Just demand it. Tell them, I expect an investigation. You just discharged your weapon. I want a full investigation. I want you to start taking pictures. I want you to start taking measurements. Just really know your rights. You know, we're citizens, and we have rights. And you have a right to file a complaint. You have a right to something like that being investigated. So, I mean, those those are the big things. Um, a lot of times, and more often than not, um, people come to me way after the fact, and they've already got their dog's body in a can of, you know, it's a can of ashes. It's not going to do us any good in proving the reasonableness of the officer. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. How so many... I just I just wanna I just wanna real quick to thank uh you know, thank Jennifer for what she's doing. And something something specifically that she said that really, really hits home for me um, is the is the part about recording. Because, again, even though yeah. most of my work over the last 17 years has dealt more with humans, obviously being victims of police uh, executions and, and, and police abuse and misconduct and, and civil rights violations, it's, it's imperative that people realize that, just like Jennifer said, everybody's got a cell phone, everybody. I mean, we have too much technology nowadays, if anything. And you have to question stuff. There's so many people that call me um, on a weekly basis, and usually it's civil rights violations or police came to their home and they let them in even though they know they weren't supposed to. No, know the law. And I know I don't want to get off tangent here because we're talking about animals on this show, but there's so many people walking around absolutely clueless as to what rights police have from search and seizure to coming in your home, to making a traffic stop. Most people don't even realize that you have a right to not consent to a, a search. Most people, I mean, it, it's amazing. And and Jennifer just hit on that, and it kind of caused me to to drive point, drive home the point of absolutely. I have this thing that that's you know kind of my saying. I don't know if anyone else has used it, but I know I I play it out, which is four words: cops lie, record everything. And it says it all. You literally have to record and not be afraid to record, not be afraid to document, and it's your right. And I think that's where people get intimidated by the police because the police do their best to stop people from recording, and there's been several cases of that, and that's another thing that's out of control. But, again, I just wanted to uh, thank Jennifer for what she does. Um, I wish we had more people like her up here. I don't think there's anyone in this area that strictly does animal law. And hopefully this will change, and hopefully people will start recognizing, like Jim uh, Crosby did, that there is a, a, a niche for this, and there is uh, literally animals have no voice. So I, I, I applaud yeah. her and what she's doing. So Definitely. Jennifer, just to follow up well, what David just said, firstly, um, obviously, if you let me know what information you want me to pass out for people to be able to get in touch with you, because there is going to be people that will be thinking, hold a minute, I could do with speaking to her. So hopefully we'll yeah. get some more business your way, so you've got even more work to do. Um, but <laughs> also, have can you put people in touch with other attorneys that you know cover this and can deal with this? Because not every, uh, well, obviously every attorney has dealt with this. Well, the other thing I could do, I mean, I've I've joined up with other attorneys on a national level. Hi, nobody. Uh, yes, but I know I'm making you oatmeal. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, on on a, on a national level, and I can I can consult if an attorney's not really certain about how to conduct an investigation to ha- pursue a case like this. I'm happy to help. So even though I'm in Colorado. Like you said, we've got Skype, we've got FaceTime, we've got, you know, chat, chatting and, and, and phones and everything yep. else, all kinds of email, all kinds of technology that we can utilize to all kind of join forces here. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That's absolutely brilliant. But do you know what? I've just got to very quickly say, do you know what, David, we haven't done bad with our team, have we, you know? We've got an attorney on board, a blogger, a radio. We've got cross posters. We've got groups. We've got pages. I think we've pretty well got a good team. Absolutely. 
Because, Jennifer, we were just saying, you know, we need to get people to literally stand in numbers now. You know, we need to start now getting the public behind people like you, behind the show and everything, to be able to start to do the impact now. Because it's just got to stop. It's all right saying you can deal with when a dog's got shot, but we, we need to start stopping this altogether. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... You know, when I get on this, these kind of cases, I stay hot on them. If I get in in time, I stay right on them, and there's no way they're not going to do a proper necropsy. There's no way they're not going to conduct a proper investigation. In fact, I was just out with Ziggy at, at the scene of Ziggy's murder, and they were they were taking good measurements. They had an entire investigation team out there, which is refreshing to see, but it's not common enough. That should be their policy, yep. their procedure, and all of these, and it's just not. So you've got to just make, everybody's just got to make those, you know, you've got to be commanding and you've got to assert your rights. So, yeah. Jennifer, um, I have yeah. a, I, not, not to cut you off, Jennifer, I have a quick question if I can, and it comes from uh, those that know my work. I, I'm a Latino myself, and uh, I know in Rochester, uh, two out of the three most recent cases in the last seven months here, um, Diablo, then Chino, then Cody now. Two uh-huh. of the three owners, um, and I'm very blunt. Most people that know my work know that that's, that's just how I am, and I think they they respect and that's why they follow my work. But like we say in Cuban, I don't have hair on my tongue and I don't have a problem calling stuff uh, like I see it. Uh, what would you say, because, and again, no disrespect to anyone, but obviously you said there's crime scene investigations, there's a full team out there. Obviously, we're talking resources, too. I'm sure you're a professional. I'm sure you have to get paid. Resources are important. What do you say to families who mean good and don't have the dogs as a weapon, which some people unfortunately do, but don't have the you know, lower-income lower, lower, lower families that yeah. have animals? Because yeah. uh, you know, obviously, by the, by, by the sounds of it, this is like really major league. I mean, I've never heard of, of a law firm that... that you know, dedicates itself to animal law. So I imagine that on a finance level, I imagine this can run high. Am I right in saying that? Oh, absolutely. But you know what? One thing is these people out there, all of us, we're part of a community that has a lot of passion. And what I do for my clients is not only kind of a sliding scale arrangement, but also to try to help them out so the legal services can be affordable. I try to work with experts and things like that that also have the same level of passion. Um, but none of it comes free. So the other thing is, I have um, a PR person, a publicist that works for me. I also have a website developer that works for me, and they offer developing like a website and promoting that website to collect donations. And it's amazing. Right. I mean, if everybody donates a dollar to each of these dogs, it's unbelievable. You could absolutely pay for these cases, and we've got the two websites Justice for Chloe and Justice for Ziggy. Ziggy should be just about live now, but both of them, and then we've got Justice for Ava. You know, we try to help the client out because you're right. Not only if people have resources or not, you're not expecting this, and if your kid needs braces versus going after the police department and and paying an expert to be able to pursue this case, you're going to have to make some choices in your life. Yeah. Nobody right, and that's why I ask. I mean, there's people, there's people that mean good, but they don't have right. thousands ten or twenty of grand. I'm just curious, and, and again, not, right, right, and I'm just curious, and again, I, and and it's not to put anyone on the spot, but obviously, I, I, you're not in the New York area, I take it, right? I forget you're in, you're out west, no, right? No, Colorado. In Colorado, right? That's what I thought. Uh-huh. West. 
um, do you do or, or can you recommend to somebody that sees themselves in a similar position? I mean, do you, uh, sort of starting like an Indiegogo fundraiser or whatever, do you ever do any pro bono work and, and or do you recommend how people can, you know, uh, again, my, my question is how can they get the backing if they don't have, you know, well, the finances to start the, it's amazing the community support that comes from these, and a lot of this ends up being through fundraising and through donations. That's that's truly the for the driving force in a lot of these because um, even people that that might have a little bit extra. I mean, it's very much of a struggle. This is not something that you plan, and mm-hmm. nobody really has an extra ten. Like I said, an extra ten or twenty grand to throw at a case for your experts and that sort of thing, but it's amazing the community support if you just ask that's out there. Like I said, if everybody that just feels that passionate about it donates a dollar, you can go very, very far with these. And it's that kind of uh, that kind of effort and that kind of community support that makes these things go away because I can tell you, we get a few more cases where we've got six high sixes and seven figures this is going to start. They're going to start to readjust the way that they conduct these um, d- these departments and, and some of the procedures and policies and training in these departments. Things are going to start changing because p- the taxpayers are certainly going to start to call to their legislature and say, "Hey, we don't want to pay the tax dollars for these corrupt officers and these, you know, Billy the Kid officers going out shooting willy nilly." Right, but that's my point. Where I live, right? But that's my point. Where I live in Rochester. And with all respect, Jennifer, and I absolutely I agree with what you're saying, but you know they will. You're absolutely right. They if they did this to families, and and again, not to throw the race card out here, but if they did this to predominantly Caucasian families, where there's two working people in the household, where they're uh, you know doctors, lawyers, much as you're like yourself, this people would not tolerate this. And the system I'm talking about Rochester now in, in upstate New York, they would not tolerate it. But unfortunately, they do it to people who are working class Joes or in many cases just inner-city minorities who don't even know the first thing uh, about freezing the dog and collecting the evidence, and if you don't have that support team. So, I, you know, I understand. I think we agree on the same thing. My question, and I think you understood it, is it's more what, does, what do the people without the resources do? Because you're absolutely right. If they did this to a suburbanite family um, that's very well off, um, I don't think it would stand too good. I don't think it would. I've dealt with people from all walks of life, so I don't think that I, I, you know, I don't think that you can target one. They've targeted one group or another, but you know, like I said, everybody's got the resource of asserting their rights. And these necropsies I'm talking about. I mean, Chloe, my client, did not have to pay for that. That was a part of a thorough investigation, and they are the ones that put together that. You know, I helped put together that necropsy, but they're the ones that actually funded it. And the same thing seems like it's going to happen with Ziggy here, you know. So it's just by asserting your rights, and that doesn't even cost a dollar to assert your rights. And, you know, I, I don't care what walk of life you are, you can educate yourself. You can go out there, and most of us, no matter who where you come from, has access most of the time to the Internet. And I, I haven't seen many people that don't have a cell phone. And, you know, just... Try to educate yourself. Try to figure out. Go and read the Constitution at the local library. Learn the Bill of Rights. Learn the Constitution. You know, I mean, these are things that we all have equal access to. I I, I totally, I totally, I totally agree with you. In the end, and I'm just being honest. At the end, you 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 threw me a little bit for a loop because I the only thing I do have to adamantly disagree with you on, 
Maybe not out in Colorado, and I, I don't live out that way. But absolutely, I do believe, and I think most listeners would agree, especially in this area and upstate New York, absolutely the police do target certain uh, individuals. They do target inner-city minorities. They do target dogs that they own. So with all respect, Jennifer, I, I do disagree with that. Uh, oh, maybe, I, again, I mean, not, I, I, not in Colorado, but absolutely certain races come under fire and come under a stereotype and are more prone to have their dogs executed than the Andy Griffith Mayberry family that may live in the suburb. I'm sorry, but that's that's a fact. So I do have to disagree on that. Okay. No, I mean that's that, you know I I uh, I try not to look because I will deal with anybody no matter where they come from, and I'll try to work out a solution for them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I no, 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 absolutely. That's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm not questioning your border. No, no, no. I know. I know what you're the saying. Police, the police target. very well target mm-hmm. certain people. They absolutely do. No, I can yeah. I can under completely understand that. I I I, I don't disagree with you on that respect. Mm-hmm. I just I well, hear you. <laughs> well, Jennifer, listen. Um, unfortunately, we've got one more call to take. Jennifer, are you? Can we talk? To, can I talk to you maybe next couple of days? Organize. Yes. By coming on next week's show. Um, sure. Maybe uh, we can start to put together some sort of teamwork effect. Now, I like, we've done the stories, we've we've heard about how these different things have affected people, and we now need to start making a teamwork up and also start to put in practice where we're going to go from here. We need to start moving the mountains. And but I, I know that you're very busy, and I know you've got your little one, and I really, really appreciate you coming on the show today. Um, if you could email me um, any details that you want me to put out for you and I will spread the word and obviously get your number out there so people can give you a call for help. Okay, sounds good. Okay, Jennifer, thank you very, very much for calling in. Absolutely. I look forward to talking to you again. Okay, then. Thanks, Jennifer. Cheers, Uh love. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Do you know what? I, I'm getting rather exhausted now. Thank you very much to Jennifer for joining us. You know, I realized a little while ago, Sue, that we need a four-hour show versus a two-hour show. <laughs> Don't. I, I know. It's, it's my. I realized that about right. an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Actually, I knew last week. It's just I can't. I need to make the show bigger. I, I've got to chip in, and I am trying to make the show bigger. I want to make a longer hours in these shows, but needs as must and all that. Now, Last but not least, we've got, now I've forgotten a name, a lady from the examiner who's on the line. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi, Sue. I'm sorry to keep you waiting. I've been plowing through these phone calls all night and I've got there. (laughs) How are you doing? (laughs) How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just about, yeah. You were you were saying that you've been um, following Davy's blogger and obviously now the show as well. Um, what what do you think and and how do you think it's going? Oh, um, I think it's great. Davy is probably the only person out there that is really keeping an eye on uh, the police departments themselves. Um, he's on every case there is. I have um, a twist back for him. Definitely. You know, know, Davey, you know, I I heard what Jennifer said, and, you know, she is right. In the central areas, um, the the shootings are more 
um, varied, where what Davey was saying, uh, there's got to be something done in the East, because those police are really out of control. Now, the first time we saw that was in the video of Star being shot. There were so many violations just of, of civil rights that happened, and yet nothing has been done. Nothing. Yeah. Well, now, uh, obviously we've got... We we have got the show next week. We are running out of time. I'm sorry it took so long to get round to you. It's just been absolutely chocker. Everybody's wanted to speak. But listen, thank you very much for calling into the show. I hope you'll take some notes from the the show tonight and and get it obviously out there as well. And uh, thank you very much for joining us on the show. I really really appreciate it. All right, thank you, Sue. Uh, and give me an email after the show as well. <laughs> All right, will do. Okay, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, my life. What a show. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Uh, That was absolutely fantastic. I want to thank everybody who's called in. I want to thank everybody in the chat room who's been airing your views. But, David, I want to thank you very, very much for coming on the show. And, And to be fair... Just like the examiner said, you have done a fantastic job on that blog, and I think everybody will agree with me in the chat room. I've shared the links into the chat room for you. And please, everybody, this is now about cross-posting. This is about sharing the links. Let's get these stories out there. Let's get more likes on these pages, and we will have a show this time next week. Um, Davey, can can you unbuckle whatever you've got on Thursday and join us? (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely, I'd love to. It's uh, this is what you want, and this shows you that the, the, it's been it's been jam packed from the beginning with calls, and that right there yep. is the number one sign to tell you how important this issue is. So whenever you want to have me back on, we'll make it happen. Just let me know, and I'm there. Well, I'm, I'm actually it may be before Thursday because I'm thinking we may need two shows next week, but we'll try and work that one out. But, Davey, I, I want to, again, thank you very, very much for coming on to the show. And, everybody, please go and have a look at the blog. Please keep up to date because I know he works so hard and he puts so much effort into it. So, please, everybody, share the blog. Both myself and Davey are both on Twitter. So, come and join us and uh, come and tweet with us, share with us, and everything else. So, Davey, thank you very much for joining us on the show tonight. Thank you for having me, Sue. Thank you for what you're doing. Okay. I'll, I'll speak to you very soon. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. And I just want to thank everybody very, very much for joining me on the show tonight. Please go to the Ask Sue Show group, which is on Facebook, and please, everybody, put all of your posts, all of your any groups, pages, or anything on there, and you can email asksueshow at gmail.com. Good night.